Success is living the life I choose. So I choose to get up early and make my bed and move my body and mindfully breathe. That's my formula that really works and I'm just gonna own it. I'm not gonna compare it to Sally next door and Michael over the fence there. Welcome to Building Doors. In this series, you'll develop the skills to build a roadmap for success, get inspired by those leaders who have come before you and give you the confidence to stop waiting and start building. Today we have with us a very special guest, Shanna Kennedy. And Shanna Kennedy is just an amazing, impressive master life coach and life planner. And I can't wait to get started and share more about you and also some of the insights that you're going to have for our listeners. So Shanna Kennedy has an impressive 20-year career as a master life coach and life planner. She's guided elite athletes, CEOs, entrepreneurs, high-performing executives, and teams to achieve greatness. I really wanted to get Shanna in to sit down and discuss with an expert what the steps are for you to uncover your own life plan. In this episode, you'll have the clarity and confidence to take steps in building your own doors and you'll be able to forge your own path into a life and career that you truly love. Shanna's vast experience empowers her clients to seize control of their lives, turn visions into reality, and to reach their loftiest goals. As the author of the global bestseller, The Life Plan, Simple Strategies for a Meaningful Life, and six other acclaimed Penguin Random House books, Shanna's profound impact on countless lives is undeniable. I'm truly excited to sit down with her today and help you build your own life plan and roadmap for success. Welcome to the Building Doors podcast, Shanna. Let's get started. Oh, so great to be here. Thank you so much. And let's get into some really great tools and tips, I think. Oh, yeah. And I find we can learn so much from your journey as well as having actionable insights that people can implement in their own lives. So tell us more around the life plan and where this vision and this focus came from for you. Well, it actually came from my career in corporate sport and I had this beautiful Jerry Maguire job that I married completely, which was buying and selling athletes and going around to sporting events. And I had an insight into probably about 200 athletes' lives and I saw what happens when you don't have a plan post-career. And remember, athletes retire like 25, 30, sometimes 35, and they haven't thought about the rest of their life. Mm. And they really don't know who they are without their sport. So really in that job, I really had exceptional insight Mm. into the power and purpose of having a life plan. And that really applies to all of us because we all have different ages and stages and seasons in life. Mm. So we really need to think about that as a whole plan. It's like getting out that whole map of Australia and then plotting the different places we're going to stop. But it's a big, long journey and we need to have the big umbrella view. And that's really how it started. So I started studying life coaching 20 years ago when nobody had heard of it. Mm. I think I was the first qualified one in Melbourne and started with athletes doing their life plans. Mm. And then it just grew into this huge business with corporates and mums and even people in their 20s now really wanting to develop a bit of a life plan and path for themselves. So it's interesting you talk about life plan in different stages because I definitely felt a journey as becoming a mother, right? Priorities shifting, things changing from what I wanted in my 20s to what I wanted when I started a family. Tell us more about the different life stages of a life plan. 
Yeah, so it's ages and stages and seasons, we call it. You know, I'm going into the third act, which means my kids are grown up, they're just finished school, so I'm going into a whole nother stage now. So I've done the whole school cycle. So you have to think of your life in decades maybe or pre-marriage and pre-kids and post-kids or what happens in menopause. There's these all these different things that humans experience and go through. So when we do a plan, we always do at least 20 years, at least 20 years wow. ahead. And we actually think about what happens to your body in that 20 years? What happens to your mind? Where do you want to be financially? Where do you want to be with your career? What's age and stage appropriate with your children for your career? Yeah. What kind of a parent do you want to be? What kind of a friend do you want to be? And then there's also aging parents that we need to consider in the life plan because we become a sandwich. We're looking after teenagers and elderly parents at the same time as going through menopause. So when you have all of that information ahead, you can really prepare yourself a lot better and make better decisions. Okay, so if I'm sitting down and I want to come up with a life plan for myself and at the stage I'm at in my own life, what are some factors I need to consider and steps I should take? Well, for those that have children, you would definitely be putting their ages in every single year as well. But, you know, Matthew McConaughey had that incredible Oscar speech where he said, you know, your role model is your 10-year-older self. So when you think about yourself in 10 years and you think about how old you'll be and how old your children will be and your dog will be and your cat will be and your parents will be, you instantly have a vision. Mm. And when we put that into a planner and we actually have all the years down the page and then the ages down the page in a spreadsheet, you actually end up with an incredible plan that you play chess with. Mm. You know, what life experiences you might want with young kids, what life experiences you might want with teenage kids and then what do you want to do with them when they're finished school mm. so you build the person that you want to be and have the create the life that you want because you're always thinking about what could I do today that supports that vision because mm. you've got that vision in mind with your own life what are some of the struggles you found at different stages that you had to overcome at different stages of your own life plan Well, mine started really because I got really sick. You know, I married my job, as I said, in my 20s and got chronic fatigue so bad that I couldn't work for a couple of years. Mm. And that forced me into a huge, huge depression. And so when you're in that state, it's like I need a plan that is going to support me and my health Mm. and my body first and a career that's going to support my health and my body and my mind first. So that's how I generated this whole working from home, which I've been doing for 20 years. Mm -hmm. I started working from home and everyone thought I was crazy, Mm -hmm. but it was really about what is going to bring out the best in me Mm -hmm. and where am I going to thrive? So that was a really big challenge in my life and it's something that I have to deal with still on a weekly basis, chronic fatigue. It's there all the time. It's probably 95% better. Mm But when I do things that just push way too hard or burn the candle at too many ends, you really do go backwards. What do you see now post-COVID with a lot of your clients and things like that around burnout and the remote working as well has benefits? I agree we have a remote working model too. I guess switched off, I suppose, when you're working from home and then also home's home. So what have you seen post-COVID with a lot more people working flexibly? I think a lot of people got really burnt out because they took the laptop to the kitchen, to the couch, to the bed. Their work was always present. So for me, I always have a golden rule that the laptop never, ever, ever 
ever leaves the office here. Mm. So it's a really simple rule. It means that the house is the house and the office is the office and we do not combine the two. We have a door, of course, so the door gets actually shut so that that office is just, it's a different world in here than out there. I love that you create that boundary because that's the difficult part is if you're not doing a commute home, where you've got to create that own boundary for yourself. Exactly. And my commute to work is going to the gym. You know, instead of me getting on a train for half an hour or an hour to get to work, I said, what will I do with that hour? And I'll always turn back to exercise. Mm. And then the commute home that I would normally have in the car, listening to a podcast or some music or something, is now walk around the block at the end of the day. So just to clear my space, make sure I don't go into that office again until tomorrow. Mm. And really having those technical boundaries for myself about the phone too and being in charge of that. So another thing you've spoken about, because I was listening to your book and then also listening to some of the podcasts you'd been on previously as well, and you talk about who you are and a journey you went on as well and you've gone with your clients around defining yourself outside of just our roles of whether that be work, career and family. Talk us through how Mm. you defined who you are and how that impacts your clients. Yeah, it's a really interesting one. So when I got really sick and couldn't work, I was Shanna from Bolle. You know, I was in charge of Bolle sunglasses and all their sponsorships and marketing and PR. And all of a sudden I was nobody. And I was like, no, no, but that's my job and that's what I do and that's how I define myself. And so had all of my athletes. So to go from hero to zero overnight is really tough. So if you lose your job today or you go through a a separation in your family, you go on this incredible journey of self-discovery and that is defining who you are without your job. Mm. And that's knowing your own set of values. A lot of people have no concept of their own values. So I do a lot of values sessions for people to really define who you are and what is most important to you. Mm. So once you really establish your own set of values, that's the foundation to build a house on. That's everything. So that's how we make decisions. It's our guiding light. It's our lighthouse is your set of personal values. That gives you purpose. It gives you meaning. You can set visions and goals and dreams around it. But if you don't know your own set of values, you're really going to struggle. And then we look at what you like to learn. We look at what your dreams are. We look at your emotional and mental health and well-being. And they're all the parts that make up yourself and define you, not just your job. That's just what you do. Mm. When you look at your own set of values, what values guide you in your decisions and your life? Yeah, so values is the first thing I ever did with a coach when I was sick. So I got myself a coach. That was the first thing I did. So the first one for me is health because obviously mine was compromised and health doesn't mean do you feel great today. Health's got four amazing buckets. One is your mental health, which is your mindset and how you think. Then you've got your physical health and that's how you eat, how you move, how you sleep, how you breathe. Then there's your emotional health, which is your heart space and gratitude and belonging to something. And then there's your spiritual health, which is really being part of something big and feeling like you're having a life of fulfillment rather than being an achievement junkie. So every day, what am I doing consciously in my day to support my mental, physical, emotional and spiritual health? There is a job there for me to do for the rest of my life. It doesn't matter what age or what stage, that's the key focus. The second one is family for me because I have a great family and and work really hard at that. So 
How am I showing up for the family? How do I show up as a wife? How do I show up as a a mum? How do I show up as a daughter? How do I show up as a friend? So really thinking about how are you showing up? Is it really who you want to be? Are you really being the best version of yourself? So that's a job for the rest of your life. And the last one for me is achievement. Because if I'm not achieving every day, I really struggle. I feel like I'm wasting a day. So maybe it was about turning achievement into fulfillment and being a healthier version. So I still am an A-type overachieving perfectionist junkie type person, but a much healthier version of that. So it's really about maybe the achievement is getting up, making my bed, moving my body, mindful breathing, or maybe the achievement today is making sure every time I wash my hands, I take three deep grounding breaths so that I'm present. So if you see when you've got three values, you've really got a job to do for the rest of your life and it will change as you age, it will change in the seasons, but really they are the base. I really liked there the order that you put them around showing that it's okay to nurture yourself and your health to then be able to look after your family and then the achievement side of things as well. I'm a self-confessed achievement junkie and I want to talk about that more because I'm sure other people can relate. How do you change that mindset? Because being an achievement junkie can also lead to being a workaholic and can also lead to not being able to switch off. What did you do in your own life to continue to do to keep on top of that? Mm. I mean, we all love achievement, right? It's a drug. It's adrenaline. It's It makes us feel great. We tick something off. We can high five. We can celebrate. And I need to do that every day. Mm. But turning from a perfectionist into progression. So maybe, you know what, maybe that book's just not perfect. But let's get it out. Let's get it published. Maybe the vision board kits don't have my exact favourite pictures in them. But let's get it out. Let's get it into Target and Big W and Kmart. So I really took a shift from achievement and perfection to let's just keep progressing and the other thing is that achievement is just so short-lived isn't it you know you might sell a thousand books and you go oh that was amazing and then tomorrow morning you wake up and it's gone Mm. it's just gone Mm. so it's really short it's really sharp and it's really hollow so when you sit in that for a while and you really understand the destruction of an achievement mindset It's about shifting it to a healthier version so that you have longevity in your career. So for me, I just thought about I need to sit with the wins a little bit longer, but I need to find fulfilment in my everyday smallest jobs, the processes that we have that bring the big projects to life. I actually need to find fulfilment in that and feel like I'm achieving by doing all of the small ticks and not just waiting for the big ones. So I feel that every day I must achieve, but it's a healthier version. And if I can achieve optimal health, well-being, mindset, I'm naturally going to be have great success along the way. I love that. And what are some of the daily habits that you implement in your own life to give you that feeling of achievement, but in a healthy way? 
Mm, I've got a few. I've got. <laughs> I thought you would. <laughs> you know, start the day with the three M's, which is make your bed, move your body, mindfully breathe. So that's non-negotiable. And I live in Melbourne, so you know, it could be raining, hailing, <laughs> windstorm. Yeah, you, know, you got to get out there. So I don't even check the weather. I just put all my layers on, and out I go for an hour. But you've got to make your bed, you know, and you've got to come home and think about taking that big breath before we open up to the world and let all the stuff come in. So that's really, really important. The other one for me is really perfecting the art of breath. So every time we wash our hands in the bathroom, which is, you know, six times a day, we could be taking three deep, grounding, high-performance breaths. And I'm about high-performance living. I think everything should be high-performance because we get this gift of life. So high-performance breathing, you know, become a breath master because that's what's going to get you really in touch with your emotional state and it's how we regulate ourselves as well. So really learning to breathe is really important to me and I use it all day, every day to regulate myself. And some of the other habits are, you know, making sure that I really write great to-do lists and I don't call them to-do lists, I call them my joy list. So every task on there is a joy activity and it's not really because it's doing a proposal or writing an article or something and I go, approach it with lightness and joy. You get to do this. You don't have to. We don't have to do everything. We don't have to unstack the dishwasher. We get to unstack the dishwasher. Mm. We don't have to do the washing. I get to do the washing. I get to pick up my kid from school. I get to do this proposal. I get to write this article. And just those mindset shifts really bring fulfillment into my day, Mm. living a life of gratitude along the way. Um, But still, I want really big results. Mm. That hasn't changed. But the journey, getting the results is really deep and meaningful now and really heartfelt rather than crazy burnout, do more, be more kind of mentality. I like that you spoke about before, if you have a milestone of, of achievement or you have that benchmark, oh, I need to sell a thousand books. Once you hit that, then you're like, well, I want to sell a thousand more. And so that little dopamine or that little hit that you get from that achievement, you're just wanting the next thing. You're just focusing on the next thing instead of enjoying that journey and those small achievements that you have during the day to get you to the next thousand books. Mm-hmm. And if you're not sharing it with anybody and you're not celebrating with anybody, you know, it's a really lonely, lonely path. Mm. So our achievement is really like a hit of heroin, as you said. We call them the heroin hits and we become junkies. And we've got to really think about it's not really good long term, is it? It's not a great habit. No. So really thinking deeply about your journey and thinking about your life plan, thinking about the words, the pictures, how you want to show up, how you want to feel, more importantly. So if I do hit the thousand books and sell those, I just sit there in that nice, warm feeling rather than going, oh, that's awesome, that's awesome. Okay, let's sell another thousand. Yeah. You know, so really sitting in it a little bit longer. You touched on something important there, which I think, you know, around sharing that success, which I think we should discuss a bit further. So what about those people that are solo entrepreneurs or maybe work in isolation? Because we've got a large demographic of the country that do that as well. How can they set themselves up to be able to celebrate their wins and achievements too? 
Yeah, well, I've been on my own for 20 years in this office, in this exact office for 20 years in my house. It's a very lonely journey. If you are not bringing in some people along the way to keep you accountable or celebrate with. So I've always had a coach every couple of years. I make sure I have a coach to celebrate my wins, to keep me accountable, to help me stretch further, to get me out of my own head because we can tell ourselves great stories and coaches cannot coach themselves. So I've always had that support person. I've also got a few people who are not my family and not my friends, some other peers who, you know, are my champions. And you've got to be careful. You don't want the dream stealers coming in. You want the people that really say you can do it. Mm. and who will say, let's have a champagne when you get there. So you really have to think about maybe a couple of people if you're really working on your own or some kind of celebration that you do to invest back into yourself so that you can share that and it's not just, well, I just did that. i got no one to talk to about. I've got friends like that that actually genuinely love to hear about your success and want to share theirs. You'd be surprised sometimes in your network. And you know those people, they call you excitedly to tell you about their success, but then they say, so what's going on in your world? How can I help you? What's going on? Those people that want to foster that and encourage what you're trying to do. How do you know when you've got one of those people versus a dream stealer? Well, the dream stealers, they're the ones that get, I think, uh, probably get jealous, you know, so they're like, oh, I'm going to write this book. And they go, oh, nobody reads books anymore. When I wrote the life plan, I remember two people saying, nobody reads books anymore. Everyone only listens to podcasts and audio. Nobody buys the book anymore. And I was like, oh, well, I've got this really great idea. You know, I want the Donna Hay cookbook, but I want it to be self-help. And they just really poo-pooed the whole thing. And I came home so flat. Mm. And you'll know when there's a dream stealer around. And then luckily I've sold, you know, over 100,000 of them. So they clearly got it wrong. (laughs) But uh, I really think you do have to be a little bit careful. It's a little bit like when people say, I really want to lose weight. Other people try and sabotage because they don't want you to. They like you how you are. They feel comfortable just how you are. And a lot of people don't like people evolving. Mm. So you've got to be around the people that really champion that. Do you think sometimes your inner circle can change as you grow too? Is there a transition where you sometimes will grow and you find that there's people wanting that you may have known for a long time, but that may want to hold you back as well? Yeah, well, I always say life's a journey, right? And on our life plan, people are going to come in on our path and some people are going to leave the path and some people are going to be on our journey for the really long, long time and others shorter. Mm. It's, it's about flowing with life too. And it's not about saying, well, I don't like you anymore. It's just letting things flow naturally. Mm. So naturally you may drift from some people and naturally there's new people coming in as we do different things and take up different hobbies and meet different people through whatever we're learning or our workplace. So it's about flowing and being okay with change. And if COVID's taught us something, we know change has always been there and it's here forever, mm. but we need to flow with it. Mm. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about, because it fascinated me, and you spoke about it earlier, is working with athletes. And then now, then that led to you doing life coaching. And I'd love to know, what are some of the things we can learn? Because athletes go and achieve amazing things, like the elite performance. And I'm super curious, from a mindset perspective, what are some of the things you've seen them do and coach them with that we can adopt in our own lives? 
Well, one of them is mindset, obviously, but most importantly, it's about seeing the whole picture. If you don't perform well at this one, it doesn't really have a huge impact on the big stage. So don't get so wound up. So that perspective comes in when you have a life plan. You can see a really, really big picture. The other thing that athletes we get to really work on is recovery. So exactly the same with all of us. Every human on the planet needs to think about recovery and seeing it as just as important as our performance. So we can grind all day, but how are you recovering? Mm. They can go to the training track all day, but how are they recovering so they can turn up the next day? And be it Olympic Games after Olympic Games or the footballers turn up every week. How essential is the recovery? Well, it's paramount because if you don't recover properly, you cannot show up week after week. And we're exactly the same. If we don't have rhythm, rituals, structures, habits and routines that really support our recovery, our mental, physical and emotional health, Mm. then we will not have longevity. We won't be able to keep showing up. So when we see how much athletes breathe and recover properly and eat properly and sleep properly and get their treatments, we're exactly the same. And I think all of us can really learn from that. And we get to watch it on the show, on stage all the time, don't we, on the TV. Mm. Any sporting event, they're breathing, they're preparing, they're warming up. They're not just jumping into the day, they're warming up. So we need to warm up too. And that's the make your bed, move your body, mindfully breathe. Then start the marathon of the day, which is all crazy. But then they cool down as well. Mm. So they don't just jump in the car and go home. They have a full cool down routine. So what's your full cool down routine for post work? We need to have these habits that really support us being a human being and being able to keep showing up motivated, inspired, excited and rolling with life. I love that you talk about that routine and the recovery. I'd love your guidance on this. So say you're a working parent and you've got your whole weekend full of groceries, cleaning, kids' birthday parties. And I know people, surely there's people listening right now that are nodding their heads, right? How can we inbuild recovery into our weekends, into our downtime? What are some of the things you work on with clients? Mm, well, I've just done that for 20 years, raising two kids yeah, and working full-time from home. First-hand experience. <laughs> so definitely been there and still there. Mind you, it's just all different sports now and different parties <laughs> and things, but they go, you know. So it's really important for me personally and with my clients just to have what is your space on the weekend. So I love the laundry. I love the laundry because nobody comes in there to help, right? <laughs> No one wants to help. (laughs) So I really spend a lot of time in the laundry. Yeah. And I might have a podcast on. I might be doing some breathing. I'll do it really slowly because no one is going to come into my personal space there. So I really do the breathing there. But I also make sure every Saturday morning before sport, I used to walk with my girlfriends Mm. and I used to have a coffee and I still do it now. Mm. Before the kids sport on the weekend, I go for a walk with my friends and have a coffee And that could be 6am if we need, but it doesn't matter. We have to do that to start the weekend. And then really just protecting a couple of things for yourself. You know, we're busy. Some are going to be really busy, but how you 
live a life of gratitude in those crazy times and think, you know, I'm really going to miss this when it's done and making sure that you're journaling a little bit and have a nice, beautiful meditation to go to sleep with. Whatever it is that makes you feel like you're investing. Mm. I would have a massage once a month. I went to a health retreat every year for five days a year where I didn't speak to anybody. So I don't want any kids. I don't want any family. I don't want any friends. I don't want any clients. I need for high performance living and to be a high performance coach, I need to walk the talk. And I would really, and I still do, go every year for five days Mm. and go to our health retreat and go, it is my time to plug in and I'm going to come back as a nicer wife, a better mum and fully focused for my clients. So that was what I saved up for. That was really important for me. I love that you've intertwined that recovery into your own life as a ritual too, because there's that ritual of that coffee with your girlfriends on that weekend as well. I want to go back and talk about something you covered in your book as well when I was listening to it myself. And you talk about finding success or defining success in your own terms. And I think we're in a a day and age where you see social media, you see LinkedIn, everyone's got achievements and there's so much going on and so much in our faces now around the success of other people's lives. How did you work to grow and define your own version of success for your own life? Well, number one lesson is comparisonitis is the thief of all joy. True. (laughs) I'll say it again. Comparisonitis is the thief of all joy. Mm. And when you have compromised health like chronic fatigue and you think about comparing yourself with anybody else, you are going to destroy all joy instantly because you can't keep up. So I can't run. I can't go out drinking like my friends. It just doesn't. It's just my body just won't do that. So there is no comparison. It is you do you. It is you stay in your own lane and you think about what makes you feel good. So for me personally... Success is living the life I choose. So I choose to get up early and make my bed and move my body and mindfully breathe. That's my formula that really works. And I'm just going to own it. I'm not going to compare it to Sally next door and Michael over the fence there. I really keep everything in my own lane because when we do that, we can really feel things and be in the gratitude moment. And I really focus on progression rather than perfection, as I said. But really having a vision of a fulfilling life has been really important to me as a moment of success. So success is having some personal space. It is constantly working on my mental, physical and emotional health. That's just paramount to me. So it's pretty easy to feel successful because I'm doing very small things every day that add into those buckets. Yeah. You've designed, and I see now when we're talking through this, you've your life is by design. It's not something happening to you. You're designing your life to fulfil you in a way that honours your health, that honours your family, that honours all the things that are important to you. And I love that. It's really oh, important. Yeah, it's, cool. it's cool putting two hands on the steering wheel. So, you know, I often say to my clients, you know, are you a passenger or in the driver's seat and how many hands are on the steering wheel? So for me, it is absolutely two hands on the steering wheel. How do I want to feel? And I think feel more than achieve is really important. Mm. Do you want to feel light, joyful, vibrant, 
a bit carefree going through this life or I'm pretty serious, very structured, very organized person, but I feel like I really focus on where is the joy. Mm. You know, I've got these vision boards around me and these cards around me to train the brain. So athletes all have vision boards. Athletes all have visual on how they want to feel, what they want to achieve. They'll have the Olympic rings up there. They'll have the trophy up there, the guy with the big muscles up there. They are using visual to actually stimulate their brain, not just writing a list. Mm. So I have vision board screensaver. I have three vision boards up in the office. I have a card like this card. I've got a card here with a girl, you know, running around with balloons. And she is my goal is how can I treat life like I'm running through a joyful playground with lightness and joy that every job that I do is just a different ride I jump on and off. (laughs) You know, the school, that was the Ferris wheel. And, you know, the first job, that was the zipper. The next job was, you know, whatever it might be, the swings. We're all jumping on and off these rides, which is what we think we are, which is the job that you do. You are not your job. You'll get thrown off the Ferris wheel or it'll break down. Or It is you that we need to focus on and you feeling really comfortable in your skin, loving who you are, having an awesome vision for yourself in every area of life and then setting really awesome small goals towards where you're going. At least you know where you're going. Mm. If you haven't thought about where you're going, you're just surviving. You're a passenger. You're just reacting. But if you've got really awesome bucket list, you know why you're saving. You know why you're not spending money. If you've got really awesome goals around how you want to feel healthily and decrease sugar or, you know, drop a few carbs, and this is how you want to feel. You want to feel lighter, more joyful, cleaner, you know why you're doing it. Mm. But if you haven't taken those moments to think about the wording, to think about the feeling, to create some visual around it, you will never last. It'll be a New Year's resolution that's finished by February. Yes. Now, these vision boards, they're in Kmart, your mm-hmm. vision boards as well, aren't they? So people can access these yeah. these boards quite easily. Yes, they're $10. They're so cheap. Like they've got 80 photos in them. They've got a workbook in them. They're at Kmart. They're at Target. They're at Big W. They're all coming out again for Christmas and you can order them online. It's so simple. But when we have a visual of something, you know, if you have next to your bed or something, a visual of someone exercising or up in the bathroom, well, instantly you're going to feel guilty the moment that you're not. So you actually just go out and do it. Or you've got habits of, you know, lying your clothes on the floor at nighttime like me for the morning because I have to get up in the dark in Melbourne. I can get dressed in the dark and be out the door. Mm. It's easy. But if we don't have those incredible habits that we just stick to for the rest of our life. Oh, another thing about having a life plan that I might add is when you think about your 20-year-old self, so I'll be 73, The reason for me to get out in the morning and move my body is for her. I want her, my 73-year-old self, to be fit, strong, Mm. flexible. If I don't put in that time, it's not going to be me. So I have a reason to go to Pilates. I have a reason to go to yoga and a reason to get up and walk is really to serve her. So I think about her every day. She's there. That's why you make that food choice. That's why you went to bed early. That's why you read that book, listened to that podcast. It's all for her, making her the best version of herself. So that's the power of a life plan. 
Yes. I wanted to talk to you about the breathing because I want to implement that. When you're washing your hands, what's the breathing technique? So, and if you're listening right now, encourage you, if you're safe, jot it down. If not, maybe just practice it. If you're driving something, you can be practicing the breathing. Yeah. Absolutely. It only takes three breaths. So a lot of people say, oh, I'd love to learn meditation. I want to become more mindful. I don't have 20 minutes. 10 minutes is too long to meditate. It only takes three breaths because the breath is the base of meditation, right? So if you think about washing your hands, you know, most people wash them as quickly as they possibly can Mm. and then run out to do more work. Mm. But you've spent probably some really good money on some really nice soap and you don't even smell it. So it is a ritual that I can do until the day that I die. And it doesn't matter where I am. I could be in a hotel. I could be in an aeroplane. I can be at a friend's house or my own home or a restaurant. You're washing your hands with soap. Mm. So you can do it really slowly. You can take three really big, deep, diaphragmatic grounding breaths to calm your nervous system down so that you make better choices when you walk out of that bathroom. Just grounding yourself in three deep, big, long breaths, even if you're driving your car and you're at the lights and you take some nice deep breaths, you change your nervous system, you change your hormonal makeup. So it is a power, high performance skill to master. So it's changed my world. It changes the way that I feel in the world. It changes my experience with the world. Everything is calmer. Everything is grounded. Even in a crisis, I really can find myself. I don't get stressed because I really can control through breath my emotional regulation. So three deep grounding breaths is all you need. There's no rocket science. There's no formula for this and formula for that. If everyone just took three breaths, really long, slow ones, their world would change. I'm just uh, taking three deep breaths while you're doing this. And Gil, our producer over there, I'm seeing him like breathing in, breathing out just in the corner. It really is a simple thing. And I love that it's an actionable thing that you can intertwine within your day to help you be calmer, more centred and respond to stress in in a better way. It's all these little tweaks, right, that build up over time the more you do it. It's a compounding effect, right? And we see it all the time. How much do we watch sport? We watch the Olympics. We watch football. We watch swimmers. We watch tennis players. That we, How do they regulate themselves through breath? How do they fire themselves up through breath? How do they calm themselves down? It's through breath. So really thinking about if you want purpose in life, go and learn how to breathe. It's free. It's amazing. Mm. You know, when you look at your dog or your cat when they're asleep, what part of the body moves? It's the belly. Mm. Most humans are only breathing to the base of the throat. We aren't using our belly. So when you lie down, you instantly start a diaphragmatic breath. It goes down to your belly. The minute we stand up, we stop doing it. So it's training your brain and your body to learn how to breathe to the bottom of the lungs during the day. Then you won't wake up at two o'clock in the morning with that spinning brain because you've done your processing during the day. Oh, that's going to be a game changer for me, I think. Oh, it's such a game changer. It, like, changed my life. Yeah, it's amazing. I do meditate, so I've done the meditation piece of it, but definitely I feel there's moments during the day that those – 
things get hectic, things get chaotic. And it's kind of having those moments in between washing your hands and things like that of the breath and at the traffic lights that I think will have a real impact. Yeah, the supermarket queue. You know, I used to get really agitated when someone was slow in the oh, supermarket queue. Right. Oh, I just, like, just get firing, you know. <laughs> and, and now I look for the longest queue because I think I'm just going to breathe because it's my time, it's my recovery, it's my high-performance habit. Take your time, lady. I'm just... I'm going to stand here and just breathe and just be grateful we've got all this produce, you know, and my life changed. It was... It's so easy and, and you don't need to spend any money. Just learn to calm the farm by breathing. Yeah. And it doesn't even matter if they're in the 10 items or less aisle and they've got 20. You don't care. Doesn't matter. Because you're breathing and you're chilled. Breathing. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Nothing matters here. You know, we're dots on the planet spinning around the universe. Yeah. That's all we are. Yeah. We are a dot on the planet spinning around a black universe and there's no other life anywhere else in the universe. Mm. Nothing really matters that much, right? Perspective. We need perspective. And we get so drilled into this minor detail that ruins our health and causes unbelievable stress in the body and disease. We need to just chill out a little bit, still be a high-performance human, but learn the tools of high-performance living. Learn the tools of high performance maintenance and management of our body and use your breath to regulate yourself. Mm. I think I need to take you with me Christmas shopping. I think oh, that yes. you'd be a huge asset at Christmas shopping. You know when everyone just goes that little bit loopy um, yeah. and, you know, they're yeah. fighting for parks and it's just chaotic in the shops. I feel like you and I, we could go Christmas shopping together and have a great old time. Oh, I'd love to because, you know, when your kids are older, I used to love filling the trolley with the big boxes. Mm. And as they get older, the boxes get smaller and smaller and more expensive. <laughs> yes, you know, say. like they, they just want like a really nice piece of jewellery, which is like ridiculous amount. And you used to get a whole trolley full when they were little. Mm. So, you know, I really do miss it. So they're the ages and stages and seasons is when you can see that you're going to move past it, like I'll miss it when the kids aren't here at home anymore yeah. and they've moved out and, so I do really appreciate the time now because I've done my 20-year plan. I can see what's going to happen. It really helps you appreciate where you're at on that journey. Thank you so much. So insightful. And I think, yeah, for me as well, I'm just going to really enjoy the Lego. Next time I step on it, you know, yeah. I'm going to miss that one day. Love it. You know, I enjoy this stage. Yeah. Yes, you know, <laughs> son's obsessed. Uh, we'll move into the rocket round now. It's just a bit of fun. We just ask the questions for the guests just to learn a bit more about you on a fun level too. Favourite yeah. book? Oh, that would be your... Atomic Habits. Yep, Atomic <laughs> Habits. Okay. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's the best book on the planet because our life is the sum of habits. Yeah. They either work for you or they don't. Okay. Atomic habits. And favourite holiday destination? Well, I'm just back from Paxos in Greece, which is very non-touristy, very Greek, very cheap. Um, so I would say Paxos. Nice. Uh, cats or dogs? Oh, dogs. <laughs> big dogs. <laughs> uh, what kind of big dog? Do you have dogs currently? I have a Cavoodle, Rex, yep. who um, he listens to all our phone calls, all my, my clients, mm. and he's my soul. He's mm, my soul, mate. Bless. Hi, Rex. Yeah, yeah uh, he's down there. <laughs> coffee or wine? <laughs> oh, coffee, yeah. And what podcast are you listening to right now? Um, Oprah's Soul Conversations. Oh, I love Oprah. Yeah. Just, oh, so, she's just the best interviewer in the world, yeah, isn't she? Yeah, she is, and she just gets um, deep, you know. 
Yeah. She gets really deep and I love it. And she has these incredible soul conversations with people. Mm. I feel like she connects with people at their soul level. I know that sounds really odd to explain, but she connects with them in its just deep way. Yeah, she does. She does. And what makes you feel like you're home? I think a cup of tea. Whenever you sit with a cup of tea anywhere in the world, even on the plane, and you can breathe and be really present with yourself and in your skin, Mm. I think you're home on this planet wherever you are. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Definitely got some actionable insights for myself as well, and I'm sure the listeners will be busy jotting away ideas and, and their own life plan. How can we support you and learn more about you, Shanna? Like, what are ways we can connect with you, learn more, read your books? Mm-hmm. Great, great. Just head to the website, which is shannakennedy.com. There's tons of free downloads there. There's even a free vision board kit starter pack there for you. There's some free screensavers for you of really inspirational pictures and words and things like that. And all the book links are there as well. And you know what? Don't be afraid to get yourself a coach. You know, I've been had a coach for 20 years myself, um, as well as coaching people, but having that support person, someone just to give you some of those tools and tips to make your life easier and to help you learn your values and to help you create your plan. You know, it's not something that's easy to do on your own. So don't be afraid to invest in yourself guilt-free, I have to say. Fabulous. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I will say if somebody is listening right now and you have a friend, a colleague, a peer, even a leader that you work with that needs this, I encourage you, please share this episode because there may be something actionable that will help them build a way out of where they are right now to where they want to be from this episode. You never know what little piece or information that comes through can change the trajectory of someone's life. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. As always, I always say like, subscribe, rate, review, share so that more people can build opportunities and create a life that they love. Amazing. Thanks for listening to Building Doors. If you've got comments or questions, send them to hello at buildingdoors.com.au. And remember to subscribe, rate and review. See you next time.